Welcome to the Keep Cool Show, the only place to hear climate tech founders pitch their businesses in real time and on a podcast. I'm Nick Van Osdal. Let's jump in. There have been at least three big budget documentaries on how much plastic is in the world's ocean over the past few years. And for good reason, plastics, which are made from fossil fuels, are a big challenge. They almost never decompose, so unless they're recycled, plastics stick around with us forever. And in the US, we only recycle about 10% of the plastic produced in any given year. The good news is that there's companies tackling the challenge. Enter Earthbrands, a company that produces biodegradable, compostable products to replace other common single-use plastics. In less than a year, they've sold over 1 million of their Earth Cups. That's 1 million less plastic single-use cups that will end up in landfills or in the ocean. A million cups is great, but the opportunity for Earthbrands is even bigger. A mind-blowing stat that we'll learn in this episode is that the US uses billions of plastic cups every year. Big challenge, but also a big opportunity. I'm here with co-founders Misha Medvedev and Peter Freelingheisen, as well as with Mark Grace, an investor at M13 who covers consumer tech. What are three key things you can expect to take away from Earthbrand's pitch on this episode? For one, it's that when you're developing sustainable products, you're almost never done. Odds are your MVP could always be more environmentally friendly, so it's important to keep iterating. Secondly, from a marketing perspective, I like what Earthbrands has done to engage their superfans. If you can engage those types of folks early on, they won't just buy the product. They'll evangelize it, market it, and maybe even become employees down the line. Finally, from a founder's perspective, it's important to take things one day at a time, but also to keep an eye on the big picture. Balancing those two perspectives allows you to tackle day-to-day operations and also to get good energy from your global impact goals at the same time. All right, Misha and Peter, great to have you on. Would love for you to start with a one to two minute elevator pitch. I will hand it over to you to get us going. So about two years ago, Misha and I were, were sophomores up here at Williams College. And, you know, we'd be walking to tennis practice on, on a Sunday morning and we'd see red solo cups kind of <laughs> littered across the ground of, of a lot of the off-campus housing streets up here. And we organized a couple cleanups with friends and and picked up some trash, but we didn't really feel like we were actively making a difference or, or making a big dent out of the problem. And we couldn't really keep up with the the binge drinking habits of, of college <laughs> kids. So we thought, all right, there, there must be a, a better solution. And if this is a problem at, you know, tiny 2000 person Williams College, which is by no means a party school, imagine, you know, at a school with 50,000 kids and, and huge football tailgates and whatnot. So we looked into how big and bad of a problem it was. And honestly, we were shocked. We, we learned a lot about different types of plastic and petroleum-based plastic and, and polystyrene, you know, and found that the plastics industry produces probably over 10 billion plastic cups a year. Solo, which is just one brand, produces over, over 8 billion. And so, you know, about a year and a half later, after working with a lot of different manufacturers and testing samples and talking to material scientists and and working with compost facilities, we came out with earth cups, which are 100% biodegradable and compostable single use cups that look and feel like plastic, but they're they're plant based. So they're made from a a corn resin mixed with sugar. And yeah, since then, it's it's just been incredible to see it grow on college campuses. Um, You know, we we targeted college kids as kind of our, our audience and target demographic because a it's 
you know, the kind of the place we first recognize the problem and B, it's a market we know well, um, being college students ourselves. We're just really excited about how fast we've been growing on college campuses and now expanding into new markets, targeting a lot of bars, breweries, speaking with some exciting big stadiums and, and festivals as well. And this sort of seems like everywhere you look, you see plastic cups. And so we're trying to make the biggest impact that we can. Yeah, that Genesis story definitely resonates. Mark and I went to UCLA together, so we're no strangers to the the concept of a, a Saturday morning walking around campus and seeing a lot of <laughs> red cups littered all over the place. So I'd love to dig a little deeper on kind of the actual product and the formulation. How did you all go about deciding on what material would make for the best biodegradable cup? It was a lot of research, to be honest. I mean, we we had been interested in sustainability and the environment and climate change for a while, probably since kind of the, the beginning of our freshman year, but we didn't know much about plastic or, or plastic alternatives. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of a lot of Googling, a lot of talking to people who were smarter than us and, and knew more about this kind of stuff. And it was a lot of testing too, right? Like we didn't, we knew in order to compete with Solo and these other plastic cups, we needed a cup that looked and, and felt like plastic, you know, a cup that wouldn't get all soggy in your hand with right. liquid in it. Um, and, and that was important to us. And so, you know, we, we got a lot of samples and did a lot of testing and, you know, ultimately the, the material we, we made the cups out of has, has been around for 10, 20 years. It's, it's nothing proprietary. It's nothing brilliant, but we were still able to kind of mass market it to college kids and, and get it out there. And, you know, kind of a, a big piece of our business going forward is going to be kind of research and development into new materials and new products. And we're really excited about some some up-and-coming polymers that are plant-based, particularly some from, you know, seaweed and coconut oil and hemp and different algaes. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. I'll just quickly add that we know that there are some recyclable materials out there as well, and, and there are a bunch of materials out there. But for us, we're kind of all in on, on the that the future is plant-based. And so, you know, there are some polymers out there that are still oil-based, but say that they're recyclable. We know that the sad truth in the United States is that really nothing ends up getting recycled. It all just kind of gets transported around from country to country or whatever. So we, we're big believers in plant-based materials and doing a lot of research in, in that field. What exactly does the life cycle for the product that you're currently working with right now look like? So is it compostable and how quickly does it decompose and what's the right way for consumers to make sure that it gets composted in the right way? So our cups, once they're used, ideally they'd all be sent to composting facilities, industrial composting facilities. You know, of course, not not every single one is is going to be sent to one of those just because composting infrastructure in the United States is not as mature as it should be. Um, you look at places like Europe or elsewhere where it's much more developed. And, and you know, we, we do believe that it's going to get more developed in the next two to five years as it should, uh, but it's not quite there right now. That said, a lot of colleges have invested a, a good deal in composting and composting infrastructure. So for example, here at, at Williams College, we have composting bins in, in every single dorm on campus and the main office buildings and, and whatnot. You know, so after a, a night of partying, let's say you can you can put your earth cups in one of those bins and they'll get collected and taken to a facility. And once at, at that facility, which we actually we worked with when we were coming up with the uh, 
the cup and whatnot, they'll turn to soil in about 90 days. Oh, wow. Um, 90 is, days. This is awesome. Yeah, 90 days. It's it's really exceptional. And again, this material has been around for a while, so it's nothing revolutionary, but it's but it's far, far superior from petroleum-based cups. And you know, even those that do get recycled, which as Misha alluded to, is a small percentage. So yeah, I mean, the goal is to make a cup that's fully marine safe, right? The, that you can use, holds up well in your hand, and then you know, it's backyard compostable, it's marine safe, you can chuck it in a pond, it turns into fish food, so, you know, something along those lines. And we're not quite there yet. As you can imagine, it's a, it's a long pro- process, but we're working on it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the opposite of farm to table. You go from table back to farm in 90 days. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty short life cycle when you consider the alternative for plastic, which is that it would basically never go away if it isn't recycled. So that's definitely compelling. And one takeaway from something that you all said earlier that I just wanted to note that I'm kind of excited to hear is that you're continuing to think about the product formulation because even things like corn-based bioplastics, there's still a consideration of you know all the fertilizer and emissions from fertilizer and all the emissions in the land use that go into producing that corn. So staying at the forefront of you know whether it's kelp or algae or something else that could provide an even more environmentally friendly solution in the future, I think that's definitely a good goal for y'all to keep in mind. That's honestly why we're, or one of the reasons we're so excited about seaweed and, and kelp, you know, it's because it's regenerative, right? So planting seaweed and kelp is actually good for the oceans. As you mentioned, you know, farming corn is is not necessarily regenerative to the land or the, the atmosphere or, or whatever. That's just one more reason we're, we're psyched about, about seaweed and these other, these other kelps. Nice. Yeah. And kelp's a great carbon sink too, in and of itself. So that'd definitely be exciting. All right, let's move on to a little bit more of the actual kind of business side of things. How much sales volume have you done to date? How has that changed over the past year since you started two years ago? Let's dig in there a little bit. When we started with Earth Cups last April, we only started with about 100,000 cups. Nice. And we had those. That was kind of our first order. We held those in, in, in my garage. But what seemed to be like a lot of cups back then you know, on the grand scheme of things, that's really not that many. Solo alone produces over 8 billion cups a year. And, you know, we estimate about 3 to 5 billion solo cups are used on college campuses alone. So 100,000 is was not even a drop in the ocean. Um, <laughs> so, but we, we sold those pretty quickly, which was awesome to see. And it was during a time of COVID still back then. And there weren't really a lot of college students on campuses, let alone partying going on. But we sold those. And right. today we've sold over three and a half million cups, which is really exciting and, wow. and growing awesome. pretty quickly, getting a lot of purchase orders and, and just selling a lot to breweries, bars, stadiums, and have exciting plans for the rest of the year. So it's been great. And how have you sourced some of those bigger customers, whether it be a, a brewery or a bar? So a lot of it we've just done typical outreach to businesses and you know we've we've sent cold emails, we've sent cold calls, we've walked into venues. Nice. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's very much been ground up. You know, we've also built out a college ambassador network of over fifteen hundred kids. I think it's it's probably near two thousand now, you know, across the country. And that's a great asset to have. And we're we're honestly just starting to kind of tap into that. We launched the program in November. You know, it grew not too quickly for the first month. And then it kind of took off around Christmas and, and the new year. Congrats. 
Yeah, it's awesome. We're, we're super excited. And, and look, that's been the most rewarding part of this, to be honest, you know, seeing it resonate with college kids, just like us, who believe in our mission, believe in our product and, and want to drink sustainably and not use petroleum based cups. Who's your ideal customer and, and what would you guys need to have in place to be able to service them? As Misha mentioned, the college market's a huge one. We want this to resonate with next generation consumers. So I guess, you know, the, the target or our ideal customer is the next generation one. So it's, it's kids, it's um, young adults who go through a lot of cups, who maybe want a guilt-free option to party and to use a bunch of single-use plastic alternatives. We get orders from all different types of people and all different ages. And that's, that's also what's cool, right? But I definitely think they all have one thing in common and that's that, you know, they, they're bought into the climate urgency and the climate crisis and, and the fact that, you know, plastic waste is a, is a huge problem that, that we're facing. Obviously the volumes you guys are, are doing are still a small fraction of what Solo is doing. And so the, the economics are subject to change with scale, but what are the price premiums and differences look like today and where you think that can go? It really depends where you buy them, right? If we're trying to compete with Solo at a Costco, it's it's a little difficult. But if you're trying to compete with them at a boutique liquor store, it's it's much more price comparable. So, for example, at the liquor store here at Williams, um, you know, I think we sell our fifty pack for eleven, twelve bucks, and Solo sells theirs for ten or eleven. So it's really not a difference. But kind of the biggest the, the gap we'll get is a, a fifty pack of Solos for six, seven, eight bucks, and ours for ten, eleven, twelve. So there is a premium, but you know, a lot of a lot of people are are willing to pay it and and you know, we do see a lot of our costs coming down. So we raised some money and and we're gonna open up our own operations here in the US this late spring, early summer, which we're really excited about. And that's actually gonna cut cut some costs for us. And it'll also give us a much shorter turnaround time when we when we are selling B2B so that we can churn out cups, you know, for a bar, brewery, university stadium, you know, in a, in a week instead of a month or two. Peter's nailing everything on the head right now. I could leave right now. <laughs> Let's go back to Duncan, get, get some more food, and reward the man for the good work. Yeah. You're drinking out of the wrong cup though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, we, were, we were just talking about it, Mark, Nick, we're, um, we're hopefully talking with, we're docking with Duncan soon. So hopefully at some point this year we could start working with them. That would be a dream. Yeah. Opening up some distribution channels like that with like, franchises that could then evangelize you across different locations yeah not even just breweries but also restaurant chains right exactly like you know announcing carbon neutrality goals and doing all this stuff to reduce their own plastic waste too so it's there's definitely huge market trends obviously and everyone's caring more and more about their own plastic waste and so if the solution exists we just want to make it accessible and affordable and fun for everybody Let's spend a couple minutes talking about you guys as founders too. I'd love to hear, we got a little bit of the Genesis story at the top in the pitch, which was awesome, but I'd love to hear what have like the challenges been of founding this business and running it while still in school? And and how do you think that's going to change as you graduate and have more time for the business? Misha and I, we've known each other for a long time. We were actually friends before college. We grew up playing tennis together and kind of the the USTA junior world of, of uh, New York and the, the greater area. So we've known each other since maybe we were 14 or 15. And we were excited when we when we both 
got into Williams and, and decided to come here. Misha and I spent a lot of time together. We spend the whole day together. We live we live across the hall um, in the same house. We we play on the tennis team together. We we take some classes together, and and obviously we work on the business together. We work on our relationship a lot, our friendship, and and I think that's you know great for the business and great for you know working on on our quote unquote professional relationship, right? So yeah, I mean you know it's it's been a challenge just kind of juggling it all and balancing it all, and I definitely think you know with some COVID disruptions over the last two years, it's, it's also been a little tough, you know, at times we've been in different places, one of us at school, one of us at home, you know, things like that, that, that obviously aren't conducive to a, a good kind of working and, and productive relationship. Peter and I keep, you know, we love to say that we kind of balance each other out and, and that's what makes a great partnership. And we call it kind of our relationship, sometimes yin and yang. So it's, it's good. And, and, and we, and we kind of realize what we have is really special. And, and we've all, we always put our friendship and relationship first, kind of before the business. That's most important to us. So I think that's what makes it work. And yeah, no, it's just been fun. Yeah, it's been great. Got it. Yeah, as long as you're having fun, then that's a that's a good sign. Have you hired more full time folks onto the team? Or is it still mostly the two of you running the day to day operations? We've brought on a couple full-time employees and then a couple part-time kind of in the new year we've been focused on building out our sales team we feel like we've done a a good job you know marketing and branding up till now building a little bit of brand recognition resonance with consumers and and i do feel like we're at a point where you know now we need to we need to drive sales right like as mark said we've, we've done a good job sold a couple million cups but let's actually take a a bigger bite out of out of solo's pie and and see if we can displace more and more plastic cups and so we're really excited the team's growing we also as I, you know i mentioned the ambassador program but a lot of the ambassadors kind of want to get more and more involved and you know they become kind of de facto interns that help out right. with you know <laughs> anything from merchandise to marketing to instagram to tiktok stuff like that nice uh, and you know we like to say that our our social media platforms are for college kids or, or for next generation consumers by next generation consumers of next generation consumers. We're lucky to get dozens and dozens of photos every week from people using our cups at college parties or, or events. And, uh, you know, it's, it helps the marketing budget cause we don't have to pay people to go, to go use the cups, but it's also awesome to see. And it's good to have an Instagram and a, a brand that's really organic. And that's, uh, naturally resonating with people nice yeah that's the beauty of starting with and finding your super fans like not only do they evangelize the product to other people but they also help you market and they might even be people that that work for you in the future so yeah i think that's definitely a good takeaway for for other folks that are trying to build a consumer business was there a particular moment where maybe it was like the morning after some party where you saw that everyone had used earth cups instead of red solo cups that you knew that the business was taking off kind of like an inflection point? I don't know if that happened at Williams, <laughs> given, <laughs> given how, how little partying we do, but it's definitely cool to see how many people here at Williams know about the cups and, and just use them on their own kind of every weekend and, nice. you know, going to events and, and hanging out with friends and seeing them use earth cups. It's a cool feeling. And it's cool to see, you know, people are resonating with the sustainability and, and environmental side of it as well. And they actually compost it and whatnot. So it's, it's definitely cool to see at Williams. It's, it's awesome to see again, 
all the ambassadors at hundreds of, of different schools using the cups and sending us pictures. It's, it's just a really great feeling. Zooming out a little bit, are there any companies in the sustainability space or consumer brands that you guys look towards for, for inspiration? Yeah, I mean, there, there are tons. Misha, you, you, you can probably touch on some of your favorite and I can hop in too. Yeah, phenomenal question. I mean, I think there's a bunch, right? And there's more and more, as I'm sure you guys know, because you, you deal with them every day. My favorite company in the world right now is Notpla. They're out in London. They're working on also seaweed packaging. I got a chance to talk with them actually yesterday, the founder, but they're phenomenal, super inspiring, and they're doing a great job of, of building a brand, but they're also really doing years of research and R&D to create that perfect product, one that's fully environmentally friendly. And so, yeah, kind of what they are doing has just been very inspiring. Another brand we look towards a lot and, and we both like and talk about is, is Patagonia. You know, it's a classic, but we, we resonate with their Genesis story. You know, it was a, obviously a, a climber who started and someone who, who loved being outdoors and, and nature and, and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of the initiatives they do, um, like, you know, where you can send in your, your code and get it, get it repurposed. You know, we, we think that stuff's awesome. I'm wearing a Patagonia fleece right now <laughs> that I think is, it has a, a little R here. I think it's made out of repurposed, you know, something cotton or, or whatever it is. So cool stuff like that. And we work with a number of, of NGOs that, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily making a product, but that we think are doing great stuff around the world. So we love all those and think they're doing some, some pretty cool stuff. Well, congrats on the recent fundraise the seed round that's exciting and i'd be curious to hear a kind of how much runway that gives you and depending on the answer to that like where you want to be the next time that it's time to fundraise so we we expect it to give us somewhere between 12 and 16 months of of runway at least we'd like to have a, a much bigger operation by then so we'd, we'd like to have our own facility Ideally, our own material, um, you know, something proprietary that that's even more eco-friendly than than the corn-based um, resin we use now. Nice. And we'd like to have a, a lot more customers, so a lot more businesses um, that we sell to. We'd like to be in a lot more D to C uh, channels, you know, uh, retail, just you know, online retail, you know, apps like like those ones that 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 college kids use to get groceries on the fly. And we'd like to have built out a, a bigger team with more partners that, that do some incredible stuff. So a lot of room to grow. And, and look, I think Misha and I, we, we, we set lofty goals, but um, you know, we also, we like to take it day by day and we, we like to, you know, make the business 1% better every day um, nice. instead of trying to make it 20% better in, in a month. I think there's something about that. I mean, we, you know, to be honest, we, when we ordered the, the first a hundred thousand cups that arrived in April, we had no idea. We, we, we couldn't imagine where, 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 where we have gotten today. So by that standard, we're already having fun and, and doing a, a good job here. And, you know, we'll see if we can just keep growing it, keep taking a, a chunk out of Solo. Yeah, that's the power of compounding a little bit every day. 1% every day, you can turn 100 cups into a, a million or two, and it doesn't actually take as long as it might sound like it would. So that definitely resonates. Are there any other products specifically that you feel like are a significant opportunity? Cups obviously strike me as a big one, but what else is really in desperate need of better solutions? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of cup accessories. I can just start in the mic, you can go into cup accessories. So, 
you know, lid straws. Um, you know, there, there are paper straws out there that people don't love. And of course, there are plastic straws out there that are that are really bad for the environment. So different cup accessories that, you know, I think we'll, we'll go into and, and we can already kind of have the, the capacity to make. And then, you know, there's a, a whole world beyond that. There's the medical world that goes through tons and tons of plastic waste. There's really endless applications. That's why we're so excited about this spring. Once we're going to have operations here up and running in the U.S., it'll give us a lot of flexibility with new materials and new products. And so we have a, a bunch of ideas boiling in our heads. <laughs> Very cool. Mark, over to you. Want to bring us home with one or two more questions? Ten years out, where's the business? We're going to buy Solo Cup. And that's what we're going to do. I love it. <laughs> but no, you know, just to reiterate kind of what, what Pete said, you know, we, we love to make lofty goals. We love to think ahead into the future. But but then we always, we love even more bringing it back to today and, and just working on what we can do today and, and achieve daily goals. And you just keep hammering away. Yeah, but definitely... Definitely a goal to graduate this spring. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a good goal. Day too. by day. Yeah. yeah. But but I, I also think, you know, something that's that's so powerful about our company and what we've done to date is we've built this brand, right? So, you know, there are other companies out there that make cups or, or other single use items out of materials like ours or out of even the same material that have been around for five, ten years, but none of them have the brand we do. And, you know, we like to say that, that we operate with the, the simple mission of making sustainability cool. In 10 years, if, if we can make sustainability the coolest thing in the freaking world, that'd be awesome. And if we can keep growing our brand to the point where just about everyone knows about it or, or knows what it means and what, what it stands for, I'd say that that's a, a job well done. So, yeah. You heard it here first, 10 years from now, buy Solo and be the coolest sustainability brand in the world. I love it. Last but not least, where can people find you online? If you were to give folks a call to action that are listening in, what would it be? What's the next step people should take? I mean, it's to drink sustainably, right? So it's to cut down on, on your habits that don't help reverse the, the climate crisis. And we ourselves had a rude awakening, right? We used solo cups for several years, you know, the first few years in college and, and even before college. I mean, who, who hasn't used a solo cup in their life, right? <laughs> Um, so guilty, you know, yeah, exactly. Guilty. So we just want to encourage everyone to trade up, to make the switch and to get through that, that awkward solo phase into something a little, a little cooler and, and, and more mature. And, and look, I think I, you know, as Misha said earlier, I mean, the, the future is bioplastics, the future is composting, it's plant-based and we're bought into that. And, and we think, you know, other people need to buy into that and need to, need to believe that we can get the single use world to a point where everything is degradable and everything is marine safe and nothing is petroleum based or or you know emitting tons of carbon or or releasing a, a bunch of microplastics and it starts with education right it starts with people you know learning about this kind of stuff for us it started with with google a couple google searches and a couple wide-eyed open mouth <laughs> expressions but you got to start somewhere very cool and practically speaking, it's the website is earthbrands.com.io. Dot earth. Dot earth. Nice. Okay. Yeah, earthbrands.earth. And yeah, Instagram, kind of all social media, TikTok, at Earth Cups. And we're also on Amazon. I believe we're on Walmart now too. So, so yeah, drink sustainably. Beautiful. Thanks for tuning in. And don't miss next week's episode. 
by subscribing on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever else you listen to podcasts.